Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Johnny McGonigal. Mid-June already. Man, September is, is just getting there in a hurry. I've been off for a couple weeks coming back. I know you're getting some short time. I could see that look on your face that uh, you've gotten plenty of sun. So I know you're enjoying yourself. But Johnny, it's it's I, I feel like it's a broken record. I just feel like every time I come on here, I say, you know what? Just when you think it's going to quiet down with Penn State's football program, whether it's recruiting, especially recruiting, but also, you know, the news about the new uh, or the uh, the 2024 and 2025 schedules with USC and UCLA now part of the Big Ten picture. That's some news. And I also know that you were up in State College last week and had a chance, I think, to talk to some of James Franklin's uh, coaches, James Franklin himself. So there's a lot of news to get to. But I think a lot of the fan base is just really interested in how – I think it's two things, Johnny. I think it's it's – the the way the schedule is going to play out. Some people are worked up about, about this. Penn state does not have like a designated rival in the big 10. I don't know that it's a big deal. And I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for Penn state moving forward, because some of those rivalry games are pretty tough. And I think Penn state's always going to play either Ohio state, Michigan or Michigan state uh, at least one of them every year, but they're not going to, you know, for example, they won't be playing Michigan. I think in 2024. Yeah, Bob. Like you mentioned, a lot, a lot going on over these last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, on on the recruiting trail, you know, Penn State had three commits, uh, not this past Sunday, uh, but the previous Sunday. Then, you know, last week we drive up to to State College uh, to to talk to James Franklin, talk to all of his assistant coaches. Were made available as well. So, uh, already have a couple stories up on the website um, from that, and uh, and a few more to come as well. You know, talking to Jay Wan Sider about the importance of Trey Potts, um, talking to Marcus Hagens, a new, you know, the wide receivers coach about Dante Cephas and what he, uh, you know, can expect and what we can expect uh, from Dante. So a lot of good content from that. But that availability was last Thursday. You know, it was around noon, one o'clock ish that we talked to these <laughs> coaches. And then four o'clock, we, you know, we, we knew that it was coming out. But uh, at four o'clock, the, the Big Ten schedule, uh, for 2024 and 2025, the home and away matchups dates are not you know out there yet. Certainly not kickoff times or TV designations, but uh, the home and home opponents or home and away opponents are are known, and the model is known because it's changing. There's no more divisions, Bob. Yeah, no more, no more East West. Uh, R.I.P. the legends and leaders. <laughs> um, this is the first time in in you know in about ten years now that uh, the Big Ten. We'll have no divisions uh, starting in 2024, and uh, and with that, it's this flex model where basically they want to have as many unique matchups as possible. They want to protect rivalry games, which they are doing. They're protecting 11 rivalry games uh, <laughs> on an annual basis, and Penn State is is the only team in the Big Ten that does not have 
a protected rivalry game. So uh, I think Penn State, Ohio State was on the table, but uh, as a part of this uh, scheduling model, they want to strike a competitive balance and get teams to different venues. Um, look, I, I kind of agree with you. We can get into a little bit more, but I don't think it's a bad thing that Penn State doesn't have a permanent rival because if it did, it probably would have been Ohio State. And you asked James Franklin, honestly, do you want to play Ohio State every single year? <laughs> uh, you know, if you don't have to, I think most of us know what the answer would be. Yeah, no, it's it's very interesting taking a look at this. And again, it's only the two years uh, that they'll keep obviously updating um, these schedules as the years go on. And but exciting stuff because you've got USC coming to Penn State in 2024. You've got a trip out to the Coliseum in LA in 2025. Really good road schedule in 2025. So yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. Yeah, uh, just looking at those 11 rivalry games. Johnny, I don't know about you. I had no idea that Maryland and Rutgers were such a heated rivalry, but that is a protected game. Oh, that, that's a hotly contested game every uh, yeah. year. Yeah, I'm sure both fan bases are adamant about that game being played every mm-hmm. year uh, for competitive balance. Um, I do see Iowa's got three protected games, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Nebraska. Ohio State just has Michigan. Uh, Michigan has Michigan State and obviously uh, Ohio State. But yeah, it was like, boy, Maryland Rutgers. We got to keep that. That's what it's must see TV. So I'm glad. I'm glad that's going to be a, a protected game. As far as Penn State goes, you know, I just, I mean, it, there's there is some truth to it, Johnny. I mean, I never really felt like, you know, if you ask Ohio State fan who their big rivalry is, it's it's not Penn State. You ask a Michigan fan you know, who their big rivalers. It's it's obviously not Penn State. They also feel very strongly about Michigan State. So they've been in the Big Ten for 30 years. I think 93 was the first year for Penn State. But it just, you know, it just, uh, you know, there really just isn't a game. I know the fan base wants to play Ohio State every year and probably Michigan. But, you know, for where they need to go and for what they want to do and with the expanded playoff coming and also, you know, USC and UCLA, more often than not, one of them, at least one of them, is going to be on the schedule. You know, it, it's still going to be a pretty, pretty very a very interesting schedule. Yeah, that 2024 road schedule. If you're a Penn State fan, in conference, Wisconsin, Indiana, Rutgers, and Purdue, not great. But uh, if you're going to plan a road trip, you've already been to Wisconsin, Johnny. Maybe save that money for a couple of years because uh, in 2025, you know, they're going to play Michigan and Iowa. Uh, Michigan State, but the USC game, I think, is going to be a game where the Penn State fan base will be uh, rocking and rolling for that game. But yeah, interesting schedule. But I, I don't know if I, if I'm a Penn State fan, if I would be super, super miffed that they don't have protected rival. And by protected rival, you mean like a tough rivalry game that's going to be on the schedule every year? Yeah, and, and look, that that's one where if it was Ohio State, I think. Ohio State's won what ten of the last eleven against Penn State. Yeah, you know, they only beat them once, so yeah. It's always a high-profile matchup and a matchup that you know everyone watches, not just Penn State and Ohio State fans. It's it draws fans nationally. But you know, if you're a Penn State, if you're a James Franklin, and your your eye is to getting into the playoff and and you know winning a national championship, having to face the team that has had your number over the last decade. Uh, year in year out is not in your benefit, and so if, if that's something that the Big Ten considered, I'm sure it is. 
I'm sure the Big Ten considered, hey, let's maybe set this up as well as we can to get as many Big Ten teams in the playoff when it expands to 12 teams in 2024. Because, you know, if you put Ohio State on Penn State's schedule, the last decade would suggest that it's probably going to be a loss. Um, so let's let's rotate, you know, these games, uh, rotate these teams. And for Penn State, you know, if, if you get to go to USC in 2025 and you get to go to Wisconsin in 2024, you know, they went to Madison a couple of years ago, but prior to that, I think the, the last time they had played them uh, there was like 2014 or, or 2015, something like that. So, no, I think it's a, I think it's a good thing that they don't have a protected rival. Um, I, I know that it's it's going to be weird in 2025 when Penn State doesn't play Ohio State for the first time since joining the conference in '93. It's going to be weird in 2024 when they don't play Michigan. So that that is going to get some taking used to. But, you know, when you have, you know, USC coming in in 2024 for a potential whiteout, uh, that's going to be awesome. I mean, look at that home slate you've got in 2024. You've got Ohio State, USC, Michigan State, Nebraska, which is an interesting homecoming, Matt Rule, uh, assuming he's still there. Uh, you know, it would only be two years, but who knows with Nebraska and Northwestern, you know, Maybe do you want Ohio State to be the whiteout because that's the last time you might play them at home for a, a couple of years or a few years, but that's probably going to get big noon kickoff treatment. And I'm, I'm curious with how they're going to handle, you know, USC, USC road games um, on the eastern part of the country. And uh, I would, I, I kind of doubt that the Big Ten would let them play a big noon kickoff game, but who knows? And so if that's not the case, then go ahead and make it a whiteout, make it a night game. Yeah, the 2024 home schedule is really nice, and the 2025 road schedule: the USC, Michigan, Iowa, Michigan State, Maryland. Maryland, a nice little, uh, nice little regional tailgating uh, jaunt. Bob would be would be nice for the fans. And then, if you want to get out to LA, get out to LA. Yeah, I, I think it's a I think it's a pretty cool schedule for them uh, overall. I think the 2025 road schedule is kind of a, a gauntlet. But again, who knows what these teams are going to look like in in two years, two plus years. Penn State fans, just remember, a big noon kickoff for USC means a big 9 a.m. kickoff uh, yeah. for them and their body clocks. So I think, I think that the Big Ten is, is if they, you know, if they if they're serious about you know the playoff and getting teams as many teams as possible into a playoff, I don't know that it really serves the league, does the league much good to have one of the better programs playing essentially a 9 a.m. game against a really good team just for TV money. And I do think. I do think, Johnny, that is something they're going to try and uh, stay away from. So maybe that could very well be, you know, a whiteout game. It, w- it would certainly it would certainly make a lot of sense. And, and as far as the rivalry games, you know, James is in a 10th year. You look at the good teams that he's had. You look at the teams that have knocked him out of the playoff. You know, 2016, they win the Big Ten title. They got smashed by Michigan early. You know, they did beat Ohio State, but they also lost to Pitt that year. I think that Michigan loss, in addition to the pit loss, really worked against Penn State that year. You know, in, in 2017, they lost at they couldn't hold a big lead at Ohio State. And then the next week in that weather game, Michigan State bit them, and that kept them out of the playoff. 2019, it was really Minnesota. I lost to Minnesota. I think that proved to be their undoing ultimately. And then even last year, Ohio State, Michigan again teamed up to not to keep them out of playoff contention. So, you know, it's it's great to play them every year, but if you're not going to have a better record against those teams, 
even in an expanded playoff, you know, you're narrowing the the, uh, the window for you to kind of make that playoff. So maybe not playing either Ohio State or Michigan every year isn't the worst thing in the world for Penn State, but I'm sure the fan base will disagree. And this is going to be a pretty good Penn State team this year uh, where they get Michigan at home and they go to Ohio State. So it was, it was revealing to see what the first two schedules with USC and UCLA uh, are going to kind of look like we still don't know the dates but some of those some of those games are very appealing this is the blue white breakdown welcome to cureleaf a medical marijuana dispensary everyone's journey is different and we are honored to guide you to the best relationship with this incredible plant have questions google cureleaf pa or stop by one of our 18 locations across the commonwealth johnny i know you talked about recruiting, but I wanted to get your thoughts on your takeaways from just talking to some of the James Franklin and his coaches about just kind of where the team is going, you know, at the start of summer conditioning. I think Chuck Losey was made available too, but I think all of the 2023 freshman class is now in the fold as are some key transfer portal additions. So what did you make of maybe what some of the coaches had to say? about some of the newer faces? Well, look, the, the, the big topic, at least right away, uh, talking to James Franklin was, hey, have you named the starting quarterback? We even <laughs> talked to you since. Yeah. kind of all knew the answer. Um, but, yeah, because we're, we're sitting there, it's like early June, and we haven't spoke to him uh, since the blue-white game on, on April 15th. And so it was the, one of the first questions, if not the first question, yeah, you know, he just he danced around it and and he didn't name a starter. Uh, not surprising. You know, when they name a starter, I think they'll they'll make a bigger deal of it than just like a a middle of June random media availability uh, at the Lash Building. But he did. You know, James Franklin did go out of his way to. Uh, you know, I guess I guess didn't go out of his way because he was asked about Drew specifically. Uh, but he went for a long time, just you know, singing his praises, talking about <laughs> progress that he's made, the the poise that he has, the cannon of an arm that he has, yeah. an arm. I mean, everything. And you're just like, okay, is he just gonna like slip here and just name him the starter? He's like, screw it, like t- it's time. Uh, but yeah, everyone expects it to be Drew, uh, and and you know, James made that clear with the. The, the amount of praise that he was heaping on him. Uh, but he did mention that they've got to build on everything that he, that he learned, you know, in the 2022 season and spring ball and take that next step. And uh, so we'll see how, how Drew takes that next step over the next month or two, a couple of other just like really quick housekeeping items uh, from James. There were four key players that missed spring camp, you know, Theo Johnson, Tyler Warren, Keziah Izzard and Tyler Elsden. Uh, and Franklin confirmed that all four will be, you know, good to go uh, and should be ready for camp. Um, they're, you know, going through workouts right now, full, and, you know, full participants, and uh, they should be all right. Speaking of Theo Johnson, you know, back in April he was charged with two misdemeanors, um, you know, stemming from a, a fight at a fraternity in February. Uh, and you know, Penn State released a statement at the time saying that we're aware of the charges, all that. You know, Franklin said that basically we're not going to publicize any kind of discipline, but he said they're also going to they're going to do their own homework on any type of incident, find out what really happened, and the penalty will align with that. So we'll see if there's any any other recognition of that or any other uh, notice of, of some kind of discipline before the West Virginia game. But you know, we'll, we'll just have to keep an eye on that. And then also Bob Palco, West Allegheny, Mount Lebanon, 
Well, I, I I had so many people, you know, from from Pittsburgh, some of my buddies there, the people who work at the radio station and stuff, just DMing me like they were so hyped for him. And even some of some of them were pit people too. Um, so a lot of people in Pittsburgh love Bob Palco for good reason. Nine Whitbeal titles, two PIAA titles, and uh, he's joining Penn State staff as their director of high school relations. This is something that's been in the works for years. You know, James Franklin and, and Terry Smith as well, the cornerbacks coach, who is a Pittsburgh guy, talking to Bob for a while, who who re- has retired and unretired uh, high school coaching um, before, and um, so this is a kind of a long time coming, but a cool cool deal for him, cool deal for Penn State, and then yeah, we got to talk to some of the assistants about uh, about the transfers and, and and new guys like that, the 2023 signees as well. Bob Palka, I mean that job. I think it's it, it's 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 an important job with the way that Penn State is is uh, recruiting. I think it's especially important in state as far as Bob and his ties and his connections and you know trying to get uh, and continue to build relationships with the premier programs and the premier players in state. But yeah, he is. A, he's certainly uh, when I fir- when I saw that, I was like, you know. I think if you're a, if you're a Pittsburgh Panthers fan, it caught you by surprise a little bit, but it really does make a lot of sense to have somebody like that, somebody so sharp, somebody that really really knows the state. And I think that I think that that's a pretty under the radar, uh, really good hire. I think by James, we'll see we'll see how it plays out and how how this relationship grows. But that was interesting. I wanted to just ask you real quick. You know, everyone wants to know about Drew, but if there's a if there's a number two player on the Penn State roster right now that that fans are most curious about, I would think it would be Dante Cephas, um, who has yet to practice at Penn State. He's up there. He will be able to practice in August if he's healthy. Uh, dangerous receiver from Kent State, one of the best receivers in the MAC, and then maybe you know a potential missing piece for this offense. I, I've talked to Marcus Higgins in the past, and I, I think he's a proven guy. So I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, after coming out of spring, he probably didn't want to say too much about Dante. But I'm just curious whether it was Chuck Losey or whether it was whoever it was, anything, any takeaways from maybe either James or any of these guys about Dante? Yeah. So I talked to you know James Franklin talked about Dante Cephas, and I talked to um, to Marcus Higgins about him. Uh, as well, uh, the the one thing that the takeaway from Marcus is that Dante's fitting in in the room already, uh, which is a good sign. Now, granted, this is June, and these coaches aren't around their guys as much as they are during the season, during spring camp. They're very limited as, as to how much time they can spend with them. And so, James, when he was asked about Dante. Even it acknowledged like, hey, I'm not I haven't been around him a whole lot. So it's it's more so I'm going off of what people are telling me, uh, whether that's the quarterbacks, whether that's the the fellow wide receivers or even DBs. But it, it's been the general message from those two guys have been so far so good. Personality has matched the locker room, a lot of humility, you know, doesn't talk a lot, but has some friends already in, in the locker room from you know the Pittsburgh area. You know, he was teammates with uh, Daquan Hardy at Penn Hills in high school. Um, so that has helped the adjustment so far. Now, Grant, and then Marcus said though, like yeah, he's going to have to prove it, right? Like you know, he thinks he's going to do really well, but he doesn't know what his role is going to be yet. You know, that's going to be determined by what Dante Cephas does when he comes in. And we know that you know, just looking at the tape and looking at the numbers, that he has the he has the tools 
uh, to start and contribute and potentially be a number one wide receiver for this Penn State team. You know, 1,900 receiving yards and 12 touchdowns over the last two seasons with uh, with Kent State. You know, schools like Georgia, Oklahoma, Miami wanting him from the portal. He was he was one of the best players in the transfer portal um, when Penn State got a commitment from him uh, back in January. Uh, it's unfortunate that they weren't able to get him in earlier for you know, spring ball. He, he stayed at Kent State to wrap up his academics there before uh, enrolling. I do think that there's some time you know, that, that he'll still need to, to acclimate. Uh, James Franklin even said that. He said that you know, the level of training at Penn State, that no knock on any other programs, you know, wink, wink, Kent State, but you know, it's a little different for him. Uh, getting used to right now. Um, but, you know, at the same time, James looked at it on the bright side so that, that it, it's exciting. And uh, you can see that there's you know, potential for his body to explode is what James said, which sounds wonderful. But uh, <laughs> like there, there's a chance for him to explode and develop over the time, you know, that we have him. So, yeah, good things early for Dante. Again, it's early uh, because, you know, we haven't we haven't seen these guys go full 11 on 11 or anything like that. But you know, for, for what it is, uh, I, I think it's, I think it's good signs. Yeah. Johnny receiver is one of those positions where I, I get what James is saying about conditioning and weight training and the nutrition table. But, uh, for that position, maybe more than anyone else, uh, the tape doesn't lie. Uh, it does not lie. This guy can move in the open field. And if he gets a step, whether he's coming across the middle or whatever, Good luck catching him uh, if he's healthy. And I think that, you know, it might be easier, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, what Mitchell Tinsley was able to do. I know he had spring to work with Sean and those guys, but uh, this is a veteran player. I think he knows how to take care of himself. And the other thing that the thing that goes unsaid when James says all that stuff is that he did a lot at Kent State with maybe not uh, some fantastic uh, weapons around him and maybe, you know, one of the quarterbacks with the strongest arms in college football. So as long as he is healthy and everything checks out and he's motivated, you know, I talked a little bit to Marcus Higgins for some things this offseason. I remember, and just James after the blue-white game. For me, look, you know, just hearing and listening, there's four wide receivers I think that Penn State are, is re- they're really excited about going into August camp, right? Four and then the rest are still, I think, up in the air. You know, Keandre Lambert-Smith, Harrison Wallace, I would say Dante Sivas for sure, and, and Omari Evans. Those four, you're going to have to come catch one of those four guys, I think, if you want to be a main player in the rotation. That's if everyone stays healthy. What James said about Omari, about how they kind of moved him into a more prominent role the last, you know, eight to ten days of spring, and then he has the blue-white game performance. And they did nothing but praise Keandre and Harris and Trey Wallace throughout spring. So I think, I think without saying it, I, the, my expectation is there's going to be some competition at wideout. But if Dante's healthy, healthy, and you look at those other three, that's the quartet you're going to have to really uh, attack if you want some playing time. There's some other talented players, but I just didn't hear enough about any other receiver consistently. For me to think otherwise, and, and I'm real curious to see, say by the third game of the season, I think that's when they have to go to Illinois and they play some defense there. Uh, I'm real curious to see what the wide receiver core looks like, but I think it's going to be a lot more promising than people realize. Yeah, and look, they'll, they'll have time, like you said, the, the Illinois game is what, week three, so not a whole lot of time. At the same time, we're sitting here in June and these guys are 
you know, like Dante really getting into it now and, and getting acclimated and getting adjusted. Drew Aller still getting adjusted as the guy who will likely be the starting quarterback. They've got a couple of months, uh, you know, with training camp coming up in August to really get on the same page and not just Drew and, and Dante, but, uh, you know, Harrison, Keandre, uh, and Omari who worked together during the spring. Some other guys that could push for playing time, like, uh, you know, uh, Malik McLean, who transferred in from Florida State uh, and, and spent spring ball with Penn State, but more of a raw potential guy than anything right now, but still has that potential. James Franklin mentioned Liam Clifford, and you've got Malik Mega, Caden Saunders. So we'll see if any of those guys can really step up and, and take the reins and try to be that fifth or sixth receiver. Either way, I think Penn State's going to be running the ball a lot, especially early in the season. Uh, when you have two horses like Nick Singleton and Katron Allen, it makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. Um, and when you've got a veteran like Trey Potts, you know, transferring in from Minnesota, uh, I think that helps your running back room overall. You know, Jay Wan Sider was, you know, he's he's been thrilled with the way that uh, Trey Potts is, you know, came, you know, come into this program, uh, why he came to the team. You know, he is a, a Williamsport native, so he wanted to come home. But at the same time, he wanted to contend for Rose Bowls and contend for a national title. Yeah, he's he's not going to be the number one back. He's not going to be the number two back uh, unless one of those two, you know, Katron or Nick, go down. Uh, but Trey Potts is a veteran presence that Penn State needed. Jay Wansider really hammered that home, saying that we needed a we really needed a big brother figure in the room and a guy who is battle tested in the Big Ten has experience. Because Penn State, they they lucked out in, in a sense last year that Singleton and, and Catron didn't really deal with any serious injuries, miss any serious time. You know, Kevon Lee was injured and stuff. But, you know, if if they were to sustain, if one of the two top backs were to sustain an injury and you need to, you know, if you didn't have Trey Potts and you're looking at, you know, uh, two freshmen, Cam Wallace, who was an overlooked, overlooked speedster, has got some juice. Jaywan was excited about him, but... You know, do you want him to have to step in? Uh, not necessarily. Uh, London Montgomery, uh, the Scranton Prep four-star, is still working back, still recovering from uh, the ACL injury that forced him to miss his senior season. So the addition of Trey Potts from a leadership standpoint, from an on-field standpoint, is is really big too. So uh, those were the two, the, like two of the biggest transfers. And I'll be writing later this week. I have some PTO, uh, Bob, ahead of. Florida, but I'll be writing about Aldavian Collins, the transfer from Mississippi State, and Alonzo Ford, the transfer from Old Dominion uh, as well. And those guys we talked about quite a bit by the coaching staff last week. All right, we'll uh, we'll get to some recruiting. I think on another uh, blue white breakdown. We're you know we're inside of a hundred days before the uh, season opener. Got some news on future schedules. Got to hear from James. Drew Aller has still not been named starting quarterback, even though. It might be maybe one of the worst kept secrets in Penn State history. We'll see. He's still got to stay healthy. And I know they like Bo Prabula, but we'll let James take his time. And hopefully, I think we're going to know at some point in mid to late August, but um, he, he still does need to get better. So we'll see. But Johnny, I know you have some PTO coming up, but good chatting with you. Get some lotion on that skin, young man. You said it's a tan, but I'm looking at you right now. It looks a little bit more red than tan but i'm gonna take your word for it because you're a veteran shore guy but that's it for this blue white breakdown we'll be back to talk more penn state football uh, a little bit later in this month this has been the blue white breakdown brought to you by pen live